This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Hello, everybody. Just checking on some echoes here before we start the show. Thank you very much for tuning in. Who do we got? We are live. It's 7.02. All right. So if you guys... uh, if you guys listened to our show on Thursday that we dropped our discussion about Kevin Conroy and Batman the Animated Series, the uh, Shanti and Josh were making fun of my radio voice, so I'm just going to try to talk regular now and make sure that I don't get made fun of anymore. <clears throat> And uh, I hope you did watch. I, had, I hope you did listen to that episode. We had uh, a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun listening to it for the first time. I wasn't on it. It was just Shanti, um, our uh, patron, the Frank and Josh Sith Care Bear. All right, let's get started here. <clears throat> Seems like I haven't gone live in a while, but uh, what is up, everybody? Thank you for joining us here at the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. Um, look at all those wonderful people in the chat. We got Nicole. We got our moderator, Lunar Girl, Kelly. Thank you very much for joining us. Marissa, Marisha's in there. Um, Danny, Amanda, Nicole. Yeah, people are starting to come in. I have a pinned, uh, what do you call it? A pinned chat thingy up on top. Please, um, don't forget to subscribe and follow us on all the socials. I also put up our friends, uh, science fiction, sci fictionary, sci underscore fictionary, and uh, radio rebel podcast up there. So please, um, and um, order your drinks. Come on up, and uh, we will get started right away. But um, we uh, we're going to be talking about Willow. Um, a little bit about the movie and uh, a lot of the series that just dropped. We've got two episodes of Willow that uh, dropped the series, which uh, we will be talking about. Um, we have a uh, wonderful guest, Andrew Marisha, as I mentioned, and Alberto. We've been trying to get him on the show for about, I would say, about a year. So... Um, his show drops. His show is on uh, Saturdays as well, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, a couple of hours uh, before ours. Everybody, please uh, come on in. All right, I'm gonna do this one. I'm gonna do this introduction in Spanish. Ready? Just because you know, we need to be inclusive, right? <laughs> Bienvenido a otro programa bien divertido, otro capítulo de El Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast, nuestra edición en vivo, Scarif Live. Tenemos unos amigos que les voy a presentar después de esto. No se me vayan. Now the ultimate power in the universe. Holy 
moly, what's up, everybody? Let me put our guests up on top because that's the light thing. There you go. Alberto, Andrew, Marisha, what's up, gang? Uh, not much. Uh, glad to be here, though. Yeah, we've been enjoying we've been enjoying Willow. Oh, good. Good. Sí. Gracias por esa introducción en español. <laughs> me tiraste al medio que no vengo más de un año que me dice, pero aquí estamos. Back in English. Well, thanks for the invite. In ready to talk Willow and whatever comes. Absolutely. Thank you uh, for joining us. Um, I said earlier on that I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about the movie, uh, just to kind of give our audience a little, uh, I don't know, a little introduction about, uh, you know, why, why Willow was made, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, Andrew, you usually have all these fun facts. Willow was released in what year? Um, quickly, quickly. Was it 84? Yeah, I want to say 88. Is it that late? Yeah. yeah, I checked right before we started. So oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna check. I normally have I... a lot of facts, but Willow is one I don't have a lot of facts on. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah. So 1988. Wow, and uh, it's uh, many, many years later, and we get a kind of a a, a sequel series for Willow, um, directed by Ron Howard. And I know I saw his name in the credits during mm -hmm. the Willow. Uh, executive producer mm -hmm. um, for for this series as well, but um, let's go back to 1988 and uh, Alberto, uh, tell me a little bit about what you remember about the actual movie. Oh, all right. So 1988, I was turning eight years old, so <laughs> trying to figure it out. No, I remember because I watched it when I was a kid when it came out. I remember watching it then. And I'll probably watch it maybe once or twice afterwards, and then I rewatched it about two weeks ago. Uh, just before the series came out, just to kind of have it fresh in my mind. But what I remember from way back then, the only thing I remember is that Warwick Davis was there. He used to be an Ewok on Star Wars. Right. So there's that connection. And I remember that Val Kilmer was stuck on this hanging cage. And that's the only thing I remember. <laughs> and then when, I'm glad that when I rewatched it two weeks ago, those scenes were still there and didn't imagine it. So those, that was kind of my history with it or what I remember. I knew it was a fantasy movie from way back when sure. that time period wise, I don't know, almost 30 some years ago, you kind of groundbreaking some of the special effects that they had. Right. But I don't remember, I didn't remember this story really after before rewatching it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons that I really enjoy Willow. Obviously, you know, it's, it's a tale that comes from the mind of, uh, you know, uh, obviously our, our favorite uh, Star Wars <laughs> director here, uh, George Lucas, and um, directed by Ron Howard, as I mentioned. It is, um, it, because I love the, the technical aspect of movie making, Willow really is, I, I guess, stuck in my brain for, for a lot of that uh, reasons. You know, they, they started doing... I don't know how many shows I've been on talking about Willow. I was on Geek, Geeky Crochet uh, once, and I, th I think um, – didn't we do a Willow episode with you guys? I don't know. So we were like on I, – I've been talking about Willow for, for forever, it seems like. But um, the uh, the morphing technology that ILM did uh, during that time was uh, really fascinated, fascinating. And um, like I said, I love all the technical aspects that Willow introduced to uh, to filmmaking and stuff like that. And I, you know, I think it was kind of a a very um, I think it was a simple story, but it was a story and a movie that kind of played with our uh, our youth, 
um, the the spirit of of adventure and stuff like that. Very similar to the Ewok movies back in the day when they yeah. were on TV. Just you know this adventure, these this group of uh, characters, um, and um, that's that's one of the things that I enjoyed about the movies. Um, Andrew Mercer, what about you guys? So for me, I was also eight years old when this came out, and uh, and you just mentioned the Ewok movies, and that's something that I kind of closely associate in my mind is things like um, is, is the Ewok movies, uh, the animated Lord of the Rings movies, uh, you know, the Hobbit, that stuff, that kind of stuff. That was really my introduction to fantasy worlds. Yeah, and uh, so it's one that I used to watch periodically if it was on TV. I've never had it in my you know my collection or anything but it's one i've always enjoyed watching um you know it's it's as far as fantasy worlds it's i read one of the things i hope to see in this show is them flesh this world out some because it's a fantasy world that's never been fully fleshed out and i'd love to see more of that uh the movie leaves you with a lot more questions and answers about the world itself mm -hmm. um but I, I enjoyed it now marisha just saw it for the first time yeah i didn't see this a kid i was um like a year and a half old when it came out so you know i kind of missed it and i didn't really get into fantasy till i was a teenager um and we didn't really have a tv so i missed a lot you, of things you had a lot of things uh, going <laughs> against there i missed i missed a few things there um but yeah we watched it i guess a couple of months ago we watched it with all the all of our kids and all of my sister's kids and it was really interesting because so my niece, my youngest niece was four and then the, the older girls were almost 13. So, you know, we had a pretty, pretty broad age range um, with, of kids we were watching it with. And it, it was really a hit with everybody. We were kind of concerned it might be a little scary for the little sure. one, a little, yeah. maybe a little juvenile for the older girls, but everybody really seemed to engage with it. So that was, that was fun. Yeah, my youngest, my the four year old laughed at all the things that I thought were going to scare. <laughs> yeah, so, we were sure. really trying to make sure we didn't traumatize somebody else's four year old. <laughs> yeah. So we're like, is it scary or is it bothering you? She's going, ha ha, every time. It's also an interesting look at like what we consider scary now. Like as mm -hmm. a kid, it was kind of scary. Mm -hmm. But like my kids hardly reacted to it. Mm -mm. Mm. Yeah. Because they've seen things like Lord of the Rings that look so much more realistic. Sure. And, you know, so it, they were hardly phased at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, kids, have, I have two kids, 12 and nine, mm -hmm. and they watch all the rings and they're fine with it. But some mm -hmm. other stuff that I don't think is scary, they get scared with. So oh. it's it's tricky. But yeah, yeah I, my kids, they didn't watch it with me when I watched it this past time. They might have just walked in and out. But I agree with Andrew and Marisha. There's some scenes watching them now, I'm like, oh, I don't know when I was eight if I would have gotten scared because. I didn't expect it to be not as scary. It's not a scary movie, yeah. but it does have some images and some of those creature yeah. designs can scare a mm -hmm. kid out there. Yeah, yeah, like the uh, the dogs that chase uh, yeah. the uh, the the little people and grab mm -hmm. their babies. Yeah. That was that's pretty scary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. But speaking of uh, the the story here, you know, we've got um, you know, as we know, George Lucas likes to borrow um, his uh, story points from literature and folklore and and old uh, stories. 
Um, I definitely got like a Moses vibe from this uh, story mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Sure. The chosen, the chosen child in the river. I mean, sure. Yeah. yeah. That that was been told before. <laughs> right. How much more Exodus can you get? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, what is it about? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to get into a big, deep, philosophical George Lucas discussion, but um, you know, I, I think it's kind of genius to to have him um, pull from stories that we already know and just kind of maybe switching things up a little bit. Um, obviously, you know, Star Wars is a, is is a similar story. It's not. You know, when we're talking about the original movie, it's it's not a groundbreaking story. It's got elements that we that we know, mm-hmm. and he's he's made all his films a little bit more universal than than most, I think, and I think that's partly why. Um, are there any um, going back to the movies? Are are there any uh, characters that that really stood out? Obviously, we've got you know the the Warwick Davis who plays Willow. But any other characters besides that that you guys really uh, thought were pretty cool, Alberto? Um, of course, Val Kilmer. You can't you can't yeah. go wrong oh, with him, yeah. especially late eight, late late eighties. Val Kilmer, come on, he's great in that role. Just the way he plays it, from when we meet him in that case, then when he's in this other village dressed as a woman, just so he doesn't get caught because he's with this guy's uh, girlfriend or whatever, and all the yeah. way to the end. And he's this character, I don't want to say Han Solo type, but you don't know where he's going to fall. Like, is, is he really going to help them? He's just going to look out for himself. So that's a great character that a lot of us can connect with. And of course, having Warwick Davis and Willow being this main character, we usually don't see, especially back then, mm-hmm. people like him, little people not in costumes or playing elves or dwarves, just you're a character and this doing this heroic journey that kind of resonates with a lot of people like we said like in star wars anyone can be a hero right so yeah. those two at least for me and some of the other characters i don't remember the name the other even smaller people that are with him just a kind of the funny relief in the movie they were great also mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah i was kind of thinking when we were watching um i guess i was watching back through it i, I like to watch something more than once before i talk about it if i can mm-hmm. You know, and I was kind of thinking about that same thing. You know, you just don't see a whole like we've gotten to where in movies we see, um, you know, a more diversity. People don't all necessarily look the same, but most of them tend to be about the same height. Right. You don't tend to see a lot of uh, stature here, you know, you know. And so I was thinking, you know, this is something cool that this is going to be kind of normal for my kids. Mm-hmm. As as this kind of becomes more normal in entertainment, that we can see, you know, even more diversity, um, and and I think I'm pretty excited for them for that. That they won't, you know, watch it and be like, oh, that's strange. That that'll just be kind of their normal growing up experience. So, yeah, and I, I like think that. that's yeah, I, I love that, and I think that's one of the things um, or one of the reasons that I really like fantasy and science fiction because mm-hmm. it's not, you know, it's definitely think outside the box. It's a think outside the box genre. Mm-hmm. You've got, you know, you've got tall aliens, you got small creatures, you got, you know, inanimate objects that talk. I mean, <laughs> whatever your imagination comes up with, um, I think it frees your mind, or at least it helps young people free their minds. You know, again, mm-hmm. talking about George Lucas and, and creating new, new fables for young people. I think, um, 
I think as adults sometimes, and obviously we see it on Twitter, I think we lost a lot of that innocence. We lost a lot of the sense of adventure. And um, I think I like the fact that Willow, although, you know, it's what, 2022 and the movie came out in 1988. I'm glad that something like Willow is is out to, to kind of um, inspire imagination. Mm-hmm. And um, and I am definitely looking forward to more wi- world building because, you know, we left this world in 1988 mm-hmm. and uh, it seemed like a lot of fun. Um, but what uh, I, I don't know if, if there's anything else that we want to um, kind of touch on um, the, the the Willow movie. If you guys want to just jump into the series, anything else about the movie? I would just say, like, as a kid watching this, Mad Mardigan was always my favorite character. <laughs> sure. But watching it, rewatching it as an adult, I appreciate uh, Warwick Davis's part in this a whole lot more. Like mm. uh, he was what seventeen years old when he right. did this. Yeah. Like he did a really, really fantastic job with it. Mm. A really underrated job with it. Yeah. Uh, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. I'll add before we move on. I think Sosha also watching it a few weeks ago. I didn't remember the character and she was great. Again, this mm-hmm. villain, we have a female villain that we didn't get back then, which yeah. kind of the normal now that we get those type of characters. So back then we didn't get it. And she played it great. Same thing mm-hmm. as Matt You don't know where she was going to fall. Mm-hmm. And she just did it great. And I'm glad and she's still playing this part now, 30 some years later when the series yeah. started with her. So it's great to yeah. see that transition, but she was great in the movie. Yeah, and she was uh, an interesting female villain because, I mean, like the Wicked Witch is fairly typical, right? Mm -hmm. So the the Evil Queen, right? Right. We see that a lot. But she wasn't. She was something altogether different. And so a little ahead of its time there, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So let's dive into the series. Uh, You know, we get two episodes of the series and... um, I, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect. Um, getting getting into, you know, coming out of the movie, um, I thought, okay, cool. Because, you know, you you equate certain certain groupings of genre. You've got, you know, Lord of the Rings and and, and that aspect of things. And I, you know, I, I kind of, um, I kind of clump these two together because, you know, you've got, it's more of an organic fantasy rather than like star Wars is very technical and very, mm-hmm. you know, out there, you know, a, a little more, you know, mix of science fiction because it is in space and you got spaceships, but mm-hmm. um, this, this world, um, you know, very similar to Lord of the Rings. I I'm, I'm thinking, but it's uh, it's more organic. The characters, I guess, you know, in the series um, I felt were a little bit more, um, down to earth. I was very excited, you know, watching the first, uh, the first episode there. Um, I love how they took their time to introduce or reintroduce Willow. We didn't spend a lot of time, you know, um, or we, we didn't, uh, I guess we didn't show Willow at first, you know, it was a little bit of a mystery, like, okay, well, where is Willow? You know, it's, it's his series. So I, I kind of like that. But what did you guys think of the other characters uh, before we get to Willow? Was there anyone that uh, any of the characters that kind of stood out for you guys? And what were your first impressions? I guess let's get to that. What are your first impressions? Uh, I'll go. Um, I really enjoyed it. First episode, like you said, I didn't know what to expect. I watched the original, uh, the first trailer that came out, and maybe the second one, but I didn't watch a lot of it. Not. I, 
I don't know. Not that I didn't want to get spoiled, but I wasn't just going to everything that was out there, so I didn't know what to expect. I knew they was going to focus a lot on the new characters, but I didn't expect Willow not to be there until like the last five or 10 minutes of that first episode. It was great because it starts giving you a quick recap of what the movie was, and we started again with Sorsha, so it's, there's a little bit of connection there. Um, real quick, I did enjoy uh, all the new characters we got, some more than others. I think Borman, it's my favorite so far. Enjoy, I love yeah. his delivery, his comedic yeah. timing is great, everyone's, but he's the one I gravitated to. It's great seeing Erin Kellyman there and Chris Ness sure. in another yeah. series. And I like that dynamic that she has with Kit, I guess is the princess. Right. And that's, again, it's like you said, this is Lord of the Rings, but for maybe an even younger crowd, which is fine. But I'm glad that now Disney Plus has this fantasy series that we can all enjoy. We have a very serious one in HBO with Game of Thrones and House of the Dragons, Prime Video with uh, Rings of Power and Wheel, Wheel of Time. This kind of reminds me a little bit, sure. Wheel of Time. Yeah. And then Netflix, of course, Witcher, very adult, and I think Shadow and Bone, which is kind of YA. And Willow is kind of a little bit younger, kind of going to teenagers, but that same as the movie. We can all enjoy that this family adventure. Mm -hmm. And I think the introduction of the new characters work well. There's none, at least so far, that say, I don't like this character, the way it's written, the way it's acted, whatever. But if I'm picking one right now and go with, with Boyman, he's my favorite one so far. Yeah. Wait, you stole my favorite. My oh, favorite sorry. Character. All right, I'll change. I'll go. <laughs> no, I agree. He's um, he's. I think he's going to be a really fun character. I mm -hmm. think he's our most Mad Mardigan kind of yeah, character sure. here. He's a. I mean, we we meet him in jail, so um, I think he's going to go some interesting places. Um, and well, it's been I, interesting because he's he seems the the actor's doing a really good job of interacting not just with one character like it mm -hmm. seems like whoever he's on screen with that <laughs> he carries the scene mm -hmm. like it seems like he's got good chemistry with everybody yeah. which it doesn't seem possible but he kind of like you're like oh look this is going to be his his you know kind of pairing you're like oh no well maybe it's this person he kind of seems to have that dynamic going on um what's his um what's his background did we get any uh clues as to because it almost because the the uh connection with these uh, with these characters are so well it's it's so well established and i don't know if it's well established in our minds because you know he seems to be a great actor and he's playing this role wonderfully um do we know if that character has um has worked with these people before mm. well he is not martigan squire we know okay but that's really, that's he's a really, thief yeah. and a treasure hunter and was Mag Modern Squire when mm -hmm. he went treasure hunting. So, I mean, clearly he has history. I mean, it seems like he kind of has history with everybody we've met so far. Yeah. He's got history with the Bone Reavers. He's obviously got <laughs> history with Sorsa. Presumably has at least some history with Willow. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. And the fact that we we get introduced to him and he's sitting in jail for mm -hmm. some odd reason, but the queen is buddy buddies with with him. I find mm -hmm. that fascinating too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's we don't know right why he's in prison. We get this notion that Matt Mardigan went on this quest, or he just left his family. He died somewhere. He's lost. He wants to save. Um, the baby instead of being with his daughter but then episode two is that no he was 
Borman was his squire that we learned in episode one was kind of with him, helping him out. So yeah, there's that history we still don't know. And if C in jail in the castle because of something that happened with Mardigan, I'm guessing, or like Andrew and Marisa said, um, Sosha has this relationship with him, goes for him for advice, and of course at the end kind of frees him just to go help and find his his son, her son. So yeah, it's very interesting to to learn that background whenever we get it, but I don't think we know too much at the moment to make any connections. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I I'm gonna I want to talk about it later, not now. The the Mad Mardigan predictions. Um, mm. I you know they're setting something up, and I think. Yeah as um as the story unfolds if they do what i think they're going to do um it should be pretty interesting um i also felt a really great chemistry like you said alberto with uh, between jade and kit you know mm -hmm. we get we get introduced to those two characters and they're they're doing a little um practice you know a sword play uh, on the side of the mountain there mm -hmm. um and then later on you obviously you know we find out that uh, you know, they have an attraction towards each other, these two characters, um, but Kit is going to be married off, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Mar Marisha, I um, posted something that you responded to regarding the acting and the whole CW situation that somebody had mentioned. And I think I kind of agreed a little bit because, uh, you know, the, I, I think that that first, I don't know, the first act of the first episode uh, to me was a little CW ish. Um, and I think only because there were like a, a lot of like young actors mm -hmm. like playing yeah. in there. And that's, that's kind of like what it reminded me. Um, doesn't bother me per se, because I'm really into the story. I want to know mm -hmm. what's going on. And I think for me, I think right now, um, you know, after the two episodes, I, I, I'm really enjoying what the characters are doing. I'm really enjoying the quest. Mm -hmm. Um, there's some things I think in the second episode that didn't quite, you know, fly for me. Um, even with the uh, trailer that dropped uh, a couple of months ago, um, I started to notice the the humor. And everybody knows that I am not really into like that MCU humor, like in everything. It's like, all right, come on already. Um, but what did you guys think about that aspect of the show? Um, you know, I called it a CW ish. And what did Danny says? The worst curse to put on any show is call it a little CW. -ish. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely not a compliment uh, when when someone says that. And and I say that you know I like some of the uh, the DC stuff on CW, but um, yeah. So I mean, I think and I, I think that uh, Tina has said really mm -hmm. kind of what I think about it here in the chat. You know, it's it's campy. It, it really walks up to those lines of being a little bit campy, mm -hmm. but the movie did that too. And it would almost be um, out of place if you suddenly went from, uh, from what the movie was to like a, a high fantasy setting like Lord of the Rings. And, and mm -hmm. um, I, I, there are things that bother me. The, the, the way they speak, I, I'm having a little trouble. I, you know, I like my it's fantasy. Too it's too modern. I like my fantasy immersive and it's but i mean it's one of those things as time goes if the story's good i'll get over it yeah but just kind of immediate reaction to it kind of having multiple very modern dialects going on um, i think that's one of the things in a fantasy setting I actually like about borman the most i think his 
accent and the way he speaks mm-hmm. fits the best in a fantasy setting. Sure. Um, you know, they could have gone and done like Lord of the Rings, like Lord of, you know, Lord of the Rings, I'm sure House of the Dragon, I'm sure uh, even Wheel of Time have people have dialect coaches, um, you know, on set. They clearly didn't do any of that. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but that's right now, that's my my biggest hang up with the show uh, is that I'm having a little trouble feeling immersed in this world. Yeah, and I think uh, I'm with you there. I I think I I was uh, I think by the second episode I did get used to it. But like I said, it's because I started to really like the characters, their interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked where the story was going. You know, my brain started to kind of you know think about you know predictions. What are we going to see next, and so forth. Um, I was just scrolling through the uh, the cast here, um, and I was not aware. And his name, his character's name is not listed here, but it says Christian Slater's in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not know well, that. That'll be fun. Yeah, yeah I think but... he's going to show up late in the series at some mm-hmm. point. But um, I'm really, like, they're the only character. So I think that uh, uh, Joanne Wally is doing a great job as Sorsha. I'm having a little trouble. Like, there's some things I'm kind of having some hangups with decisions that the character is making. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we see the uh, the flashback where she's basically telling Willow, hey, who cares about the prophecy that we spent that whole first movie fighting for? We'll just throw that away and we'll do it. We'll find another way to do it. I was is, that, like, is that when she says, uh, Willow, you are not a great sorcerer? Mm-hmm. And then yep. she walks out and then he walks oh. out. Yeah, Man, yeah. That's um, not nice at all. Is that you a know, flashback or a flash forward? Yeah, I think it's a it's flashback. Because flash when, when when she's a little girl, when yeah. um, Alora's a little girl, oh, that's right. He goes outside and, and he's, got the, he's got the he's got the he's got the uh, the uh, beard and the facial hair. Yeah. Um, you know, other characters. The, the only yes. other character I've really had any issue with, and I think the actress is playing the character the way it's meant to be played. But I really just the Kit character just rubs me the wrong way <laughs> like she's so mean yeah and not in a like funny way <laughs> it's just, yeah you have to be so mean all the time maybe it's because i have teenagers and they spend so much time saying you don't have to be so mean all the time That's funny. <laughs> yeah. like, you guys don't feel that kit because she is kind of a princess uh that's being married off i mean she's bitter obviously about yeah no life. i get it i i yeah. just I, I, I get the character. That's why I'm saying, like, I don't blame the actress at all. I think it's the sure. way the character's writ- written. Yeah. It's just that you kind of jump in this, and this is our band of heroes, and you kind of want to like everybody. Right. But right <laughs> now, there's not really anything personality-wise to like about her. Sure. Well, yeah. you know, you got to start your hero's journey somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You can't start here. Um, <laughs> so for me, I... I saw your CW comment when you posted it. Um, I didn't feel that way for this show. I've watched some recent CW shows, and you can tell. On purpose? (laughs) Uh, I'm just waiting probably for something that was coming afterwards. Um, But, yeah, it's it's not that. But like you said, these are young characters, and they're behaving like young characters. So I think some of the dialogue kind of makes sense. But I do, and I didn't pick up on it as I was watching it, but listening to you guys, I do kind of understand the dialect thing. Like, oh, it doesn't feel maybe like a fantasy world. Yeah. It didn't bother me, but I can see how some people might kind of rub them the wrong way or kind of throw them off a little bit. 
Um, I will say I agree a little bit with Andrew in terms of some of the decisions, not just with Sosha, but Kit and even Jade, because they have this great relationship apparently. And then one decision kind of throws everything. Oh, because you're mm -hmm. always thinking about yourselves. Like, why? Well, this is the first time that you guys have disagreed. Well, I'm going to go do this. And if you really knew what I was like of you, you whatever, you wouldn't be asking me to choose between you and the queen. It's like, okay, but why are you guys arguing? This is coming out of nowhere. So those were the only things that kind of threw me off dialogue-wise and story-wise. Um, but I don't think, I don't see that CW comparison, apart from, yeah, these are younger kids, but it's kind of the way it's gonna go with 16 to 18 year old, which I guess is right. the character's age at this time in the show. Mm -hmm. That kind of made sense to me. Yeah, sure. I think I think that like largely like I kind of tried to step back and look at the dialogue and say, is it the dialogue or is it the way they're speaking? Yeah, I don't mm. think it's the dialogue, which would be if that would be where I would make a CW comparison if the dialogue mm. was just bad. <laughs> no. But it's right. not. The yeah, dialogue sure. is fine. Sure. It's sometimes the, delivery, the way yeah. they say it, the delivery, mm. the way they say it. And like I said, you know it might just take me a little longer to get into mm -hmm. this world because of that. But I don't think it, that's not like some sort of deal breaker for me. Mm -hmm. I think sure. that uh, that works really well. And I do think the relationship between Jade and Kit is going to be an interesting place of comparison where you have Kit who is the princess. She's kind of grown up in this shadow of this, uh, this prophecy and this, this almost mythical person that's going to, you know, save everything from evil, from this coming evil. Um, where, so she's just kind of almost indifferent to the prophecy. Mm -hmm. Like she doesn't care about it. Where Jade is absolutely a true believer, at least at this point, right. we, we think she is. Uh, which she's the, is, she's, she's the center of this show. <laughs> yeah. All for the cause. Yep. Everything afterwards, we'll deal with it. But right yeah. now it's. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, although having um you know my little my kids and their their friend group and their text chat and their squabble at the moment and how dare you destroy our friendship over <laughs> me, me, me and i'm right, just like yeah. so on that context like i can right. eat a little bit sure. <laughs> i can see the like yeah what do you mean you don't want to do my and, and you know she's kind of spoiled and i mean I have to say, watching it the second time, I can kind of see, like, okay, and we're going to tell you everybody's romance interest in the first 10 minutes. Like, okay, that's, that's a little, that's a little CW. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> You're not totally wrong about that. Um, it's maybe a little more interesting to, you know, draw it out a little bit before. I mean, and I guess they kind of had to tell us straight off that, um, Laura and Eric were going to be a thing because that's why she leaves, right? Right. But the fact that we kind of had to get all of our teenage um, characters involved with each other in episode one, yeah, I, I, I can see, I can see that a little bit. On and on further review, right? <laughs> yeah, reflection. And how cool is it that Annabelle Davis um, is in there playing uh, Willow's daughter, real life Willow, mm -hmm. uh, real life daughter? Mm -hmm. She was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, she was really great. Um, has she done anything prior to yeah, this? I was, you know? was going to ask you. She has because okay. in her in her Twitter account, she says uh, she, uh, she's a little actress or small actress or something like that. So okay. I'm assuming she's she's done something else. Um, you know the, the the bad thing about 
um, you know, actors uh, of her stature, you don't like a lot of times you don't see their faces because mm -hmm. directors want them in a costume or a mask or something. Yeah. So it's it's unfortunate. But yeah, she she is um, very early on. She became a favorite of mine. The way she yeah. uh, mm -hmm. related mm -hmm. to you know, kind of protected the the um, the the team there. But um, I'm sure you guys guessed right away that Dove was going to be, you know, a Laura Dannon. No, um, sorry. <laughs> it took me a minute. When she walked through the bear, I was like, oh! Yeah. It took me a second. There's something there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first 30 minutes, I'm like, okay, can it be this one? Is it this one? You're guessing, right? I don't know. Yeah. I guess it. they duped me. It's obvious it now when you think of it. Of course, the... Right. The, the cook that works back back there that don't peek through the door to look at the high ball and it's gonna be the one with the prophecy. But I didn't didn't catch on it. And they did a good um, explanation as to you know in the movie the baby had red hair, mm -hmm. and uh, Willow you know during that one little flashback saying oh the last time I saw you you mm -hmm. had red hair, um, so that yeah. was kind of you know a little nice little explanation. Wait, did um, they break canon by changing their hair? <laughs> oh, we're not gonna go into it. Uh oh. There you go. You didn't think <laughs> there we go. You didn't think I was not gonna use that picture. I Jesus, you've been waiting. That's the only the only reason you've invited me is to finally throw that line. Oh uh, they so, retconned it. Yeah, they retconned it. How dare um, they? <laughs> What did you guys think? Which episode um, did you guys feel were, was uh, your favorite episode? First one or second one? I'd say the second episode. I, I felt like I felt like the first episode. I think they released them together for a reason. I don't think the story sure. really hit its stride till the second one. Um, Can I so say that back? Sorry, go ahead. No, I would just I would say the second episode for me. Yeah. Can I go the back half of the first one and first half of the second one, or is that cheating? You know, that's, I mean, that's, uh, I, I that's might fair. have to, yeah, I might have to say the same thing. You know, the, the thing that I didn't like, and there was a comment in the chat earlier regarding um, Warwick Davis's acting, I, I think, I think in the second episode, when, when he was training Dove or explaining things, it's, to me, it got a little too goofy, a little too comedic in the in the wagon, mm -hmm. and you know, it ended up where she threw up on him, and it's like that was like an eye roll moment for me. Again, <laughs> thirty me bucks says she's pregnant. <laughs> Anytime oh, a woman throws up for sure, no reason yeah. in, a, in a TV yeah, show or was, movie, she's she was pregnant. Wagon she's pregnant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know promise. what though? That's that's actually you know maybe. Maybe she's gonna, you know, deliver uh, uh, an Anakin-style chosen one baby, and and um, we continue this series that way. Yeah, that's um, that's something that I had not considered. Obviously, you if know. she throws up, and it's a movie <laughs> or a TV show, I'm telling you, she's pregnant. Yeah. All right, you heard it that's here first. That's definitely how right. every woman finds out she's pregnant is because she throws up for no reason. Yeah. I think you got something there, Marish. <laughs> on the Warwick Davis acting comment, I saw it. Um, to me, when it was the flashbacks, it, it was kind of weird. It's like, ah, it's not fitting. But the real-time thing, I didn't have an issue with it, and I really enjoyed it. When they're in his village, and he's the high elven or 
and he's going through the same ritual. It brought me right then to, to yeah. the movie. It reminded me a lot, and I love the way he did all his delivery. I didn't mind the comedic bits. I think he Warwick Davis does a great deliver and great way of his the way he does uh, comedy. I was had an issue a little with the flashbacks, but I didn't see any problems with him in the real time. Training was a little bit wonky when they were in the forest, but apart from that, I didn't have any issues with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think uh, the training didn't bother me because I think Warwick Davis and um, Ellie, what's her name? Ellie Bamber. I'm looking at the list here. I think they they played off of with of each other fairly well. Um, she delivered her lines kind of goofily, but it kind mm. of fit the moment. Mm-hmm. And um, she, you know, to be honest with you too, she's very easy to look at. <laughs> yeah, um, it doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. No, but um, you know, it's funny. You know, when Willow was training, you know, in front of everybody, when she was when she was being asked by Willow you know, which finger holds the secret. And he kept on going, yours, yours. I mean, that, that was kind of funny. It was obviously a little throwback mm-hmm. to the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's too funny. I, I would have to, I would have to say that I, you know, second, the second episode was not my favorite. I think I liked the setup, everything that was going on in the first episode, mm-hmm. getting to know them. I think, you know, what surprised me too is the you know the the characters that we saw in the first episode i really connected with them a lot faster than i thought i would Mm -hmm. and i don't know if it was because i was sitting in this nostalgic bubble of you know i I really liked the original willow and i wanted to come back to this world Mm -hmm. um you know seeing you know sorsha you know joanne whaley was was really fantastic i i loved Mm -hmm. i loved her in the original i liked her in uh in daredevil um and again you know she's she's a really great actress um mm-hmm. but i don't know something something about the first episode that i enjoyed more than the second episode um for wh- whatever reason but i you know if alberto if, if we can kind of connect you know the the way that you had it too is i i think I'm, i'll be cool with that mm-hmm. yeah i th- actually thought that they did a good job with the exposition in this yeah. show, I think I think you could jump into it not having seen mm-hmm. the movie and but I think they almost had to do that. I, I think so, but sometimes people don't do that well. And For sometimes sure. it's just like exposition dump. And right. I think they did a really nice job of giving you all the information you needed quickly enough that you understood what's going on, but not where it didn't just feel like and now we're gonna give you the back you know sure. which which is is always kind of rough um so that's one thing i feel like they did a really nice job of um honestly the parts where i felt like warwick davis's acting was the weakest was whenever he was kind of standing up you know kind of speechifying but i think that was kind of the point yeah I think that's supposed yeah, to be him totally. he's just not good he's still not good at you know at public speaking, public speaking. Like, right. and, and i think like it's like you were like oh that comes off that it just it, it seems off but i think it's a, like it co- it looks like bad acting but i think that that's just how he is in front of people mm-hmm. um and so those were most because i was kind of i had the same thought i was like the acting isn't great but as i was kind of looking at it a little more i was like yeah i think i think that's the point <laughs> i think he doesn't put on a good show yeah still yeah. after all these years so um i talked about uh, we talked about val kilmer and mad martigan and there was a lot of talk 
in both episodes, I think, of his character. Mm-hmm. You know, did he disappear? Did he uh, abandon his family? Did he die? Is he still on a mission? What is he searching for? And uh, I think they're talking about Mad Mardikin too much for them just to leave it alone. And I have, you know, obviously, oh God, I don't even, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to say it, but I'm thinking <laughs> it. And uh, Amanda just said it. Um, I have a feeling that they're going to do some sort of really cool here. I'll put it up some sort of special effect where they'll be able to bring Mad Martin back. Obviously ILM, we've got all this, you know, deep fake mm-hmm. stuff going on. The Indiana Jones trailer just dropped, et cetera, et cetera. I have a feeling that they're going to, I want them to honor this character in this series because, uh, you know, obviously he popped up in the Top Gun movie. See, and, that was what I was thinking. Yeah. I, um, but that's, I guess that's my prediction going forward towards the end of this series that, uh, that Mad Mardigan will uh, show up and we will find out. And there will be, you know, even after all these years, obviously, there will be some sort of, um, resolution between father and daughter or mm-hmm. not. Um, and I think because, you know, she's, uh, she's bitter about that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They could have about? easily yeah. said that he died and just leave it at that. Then yeah. like you said, they've mentioned it multiple times this episode to not do some type of payoff. I was at first kind of like, I don't know because unfortunately Kilmer is not in the best health. Right. In real life, but he did appear in Top Gun. I'm thinking, why don't you just say that he's gonna be there? It's gonna be a great draw from people that love the real movie and all this. And he was great in Top Gun, everyone loved it. But I understand for the for the series and for the story, it makes sense not to announce that he's gonna be there. But I think what you said, Rob, might be right. Lucasfilm loves their technological breakthrough. So it wouldn't surprise me if we get more deep fake, de-aging, and now with the AI voices that they're doing. Wouldn't surprise me if they go that route at some point closer to the end. Hopefully with his blessing, if he doesn't have, he's not there personally to do any acting or provide any voices. But it's it's too much right there in front of us to not have a payoff at some point later in the series. I 100% agree. If they keep saying, it it wasn't like, may he rest in peace. Right, (laughs) yeah. And then you move on with the story. But see, that's why that's why it took me. Uh, that's why I had trouble, like actually vocalizing that wish. Because yeah, I wish you know. Again, I'm a technical guy. I love special effects and movies and stuff like that. And Lucasfilm and ILM are at the top of their game when it comes to stuff like that. But I, I think I was afraid to say it because mm-hmm. what if they do it and it sucks, or what if they <laughs> do it and um, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't play off well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm I'm kind of torn, but I'm um, but I you know like I said I you know they're talking about Mad Mardigan a lot, so I, I would think that they would have to pay something off other than just forget about it at this point. Even two episodes in, there's a lot of mm-hmm. Mad Mardigan presence in in the show for whatever reason. So I, I you yeah. know I hope it gets resolved. Yeah, I mean, and technically to pay it off, we don't have to have him show up to pay it off. Uh, the rumor is that Christian Slater is playing some sort of close friend of, of Matt Mardigan. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if he's died on this quest, we could still get a payoff mm-hmm. through that. Uh, through, yeah, through right. Christian His Slater's quest character. after the um, 
Churis is definitely going to play in. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. There's a, I guess IMDB does have his character listed Christian Slater Allagash. Hmm. Okay. Oh, and uh, Danny's friend Details is in here. Julian Glover. There's a lot of actually. Do we know how many episodes that series is going to be? Is it eight? Yeah, yeah, I think I it think was eight. eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, um, you know, I, I'm sad that we haven't seen uh, the brownies yet. <laughs> yes, we know they're going to show up mm -hmm. at some Absolutely. point. Yeah. Yeah. So um, two episodes in, six to go, if I did my math correctly. Math is hard, of course. But um, any predictions for upcoming episodes? What would you guys like to see, Alberto? Oh, wow. It's it's difficult to say so far, because even though we're two episodes into it, the story hasn't moved that much further. Mm -hmm. um, interesting to see where Elora's story is going to go with, and I know it's been on the chat, I forgot the name, uh, the guy from Spider-Man, the Prince Raiden, I think. Raiden, yes. Yeah. Uh, he seems to have some attraction to Dove. Uh, it's going to be interesting how that plays with Eric once they find him. Yeah. Um, I want to see what, what he's doing because he was like another good character that got introduced. It's not just this guy that's just hooking up with different women. Uh, apparently, he likes to, he's proficient in sword fighting. So I want to see that. Um, and like we said before, the Real Widow movie had some scary moments for younger kids. I want to see more of the villains in this series. We got a little bit in that first episode. So I want to see them more involved and see where the story is going. Because, okay, let's just go find my brother. Yeah, that's a quest, but it has to be something more. I want to know what the actual story is going to be behind it and get more of these characters. A little bit more than just walking and talking a little bit. Why do you guys think that, uh, that he was captured? I don't know. What support does he have? I mean, he's got, I think that they told us, I think that he's got the the blood of the evil queen going on. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. hit the follow, guys. Um, yes, absolutely. Um, but I think because because she said the, um, oh, shoot, what was the, what was the old queen's name? Bad Morva. Bad Morva. Bad Morva. Something like that. <laughs> something bad, something other. Something really <laughs> yeah. on the nose. It's Bath Bath Mora. Bath Mora, okay. Yeah. Um, cause he, she, you know, she said that her spirit and her blood still lives in mm. me and in you and your brother. Yeah. And so now why they went after him, or maybe he was just the most, the, the one who, who, the who was one. the closest, you know, the one that they could snag. But I think that that's why I think they're trying to resurrect or channel or something. They're doing some kind of blood magic that needs mm -hmm. one of her descendants. Somehow Queen Bavmorda. Returns. Don't give me that. <laughs> <laughs> that's where it's going. Uh, that's uh, my that that and that she's totally pregnant. Those are my predictions. <laughs> for the show. Well, the pregnant thing. I think you're you're absolutely right. Um, we got and little, I think that will tie in too. Sure, we got a little hanky panky of the with the two characters beforehand. So <laughs> mm -hmm. absolutely. Well, and she's got, and I think that it's going to fall in because she's like, she's chosen one, right? But we've also got the, we're, we're bringing up the, the importance of bloodlines and that. So I think that this child is going to sure. wind up being significant because it's going to be the, the yin and yang, you know. 
right. going on. I want to see also where Graydon's father, I guess the king of that kingdom, what his intentions is, because he throws his son into this quest and kind of tells him something to decide. Okay. I think he just wants to do this union between the two kingdoms and then take over. So it's going to be interesting to see where that falls, where that when they break, because you know that Graydon's not going to go with his father's. He already he told Kate, once we're in charge, we don't have to do what our parents want. So yeah, what, a great, what a great line. Yeah, I want to see yeah. where that goes. Sure. Yeah. Andrew, what about you? Um, as far as predictions, I, I don't know if I've really got much beyond what's been said. Uh, what I want to see, though, is some fleshing out of the lore. Uh, you know, right. you, you know me, I'm a lore person. Uh, I want to see, I want to learn. We, we, we keep hearing about these different kingdoms. But we don't know anything about any of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. And uh, my big question has George Lucas seen this series yet? <laughs> sure, and, why not? And, and is Willow in the Star Wars universe? Why well, yeah, not? a good question. Uh, <laughs> is is Willow it. is Willow a Jedi? <laughs> you know, it was kind of funny that when they were talking about you know it's the lifeblood of the well, universe, you, and I was like, well, no, oh, you can you can one hundred percent see the kind of and it's it's not because it's part of the Star Wars universe. It's it's that interest in in religion and philosophy sure. yeah. that that bleeds through in Lucas's writing. Uh, you know, it's, he always said that one of the re reasons he wrote Star Wars was to encourage young people to have an interest in in religion and philosophy. And I think you could say the same thing about Willow. It, it's not as it's not as pointed in the Willow movie, but it's there. Absolutely. And uh, you do see in this series, you see some of those same uh, same concepts of good and evil, which, you know, it's a fantasy story. You're going to do that to some extent, most likely. But uh, you see some very similar uh, vibes to Star Wars in, mm -hmm. in the things that Willow is saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, Willow as a as an IP, I think, um, why did it take so long, obviously? But, um, yeah, I think, you know, obviously you know, Lucasfilm is poised, uh, you know, really well now to be able to explore some of their old uh, properties. Um, streaming is uh, such a great way to do that. Obviously, we got, you know, a fleshed out um, galaxy far, far away. And I think uh, hopefully Willow will we'll do the same thing for this franchise for this storyline there. Um, yeah. Uh, any questions from the, um, from the chat group? Um, I know uh, we've been kind of picking and choosing some of the items that you guys have been saying, but um, any final moments for you guys, any um, other uh, things that you guys think that maybe we didn't talk about? What about uh, Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that I think we covered most of it, but um how about some uh quick little ratings? Zero to five or zero to ten, whatever you guys feel comfortable. I know oh, we're wow. only two episodes in, but it just is it's so hard to judge sure two episodes. Yeah. Because I mean like well, are you are you liking it overall or do you think it's yeah. just kind of two CW? Yeah, yeah. I'll give it 
I think a seven out of 10 so far. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. I've enjoyed it. I'm not over the moon like I was with Rings of Power or House of the Dragon. Again, very different shows, but mm -hmm. I was into them. Two episodes in, I was, yes, this is full on. I can't wait for the next one. Mm -hmm. So I really yeah. enjoyed what we, what we got. I'm not the biggest Willow fan from before, so I didn't have a lot of expectations, but I'm excited to see what comes next. I'm not yeah. dying like with Andor or something else I want this year right now. I can wait, but I want to see where the story goes. So I think seven is a good score for me. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd, I'd give it seven of 10 brownies. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> there you go. So um, I, I'm really, I'm enjoying it. I want to see where it goes. I am. I think the thing I'm most curious to see is in a year where fantasy has exploded, mm -hmm. how this yeah. one is going to fare, because it's very different than the other fantasy offerings out there. It's a very fairy tale. It's it's a much more traditional fantasy mm -hmm. story, in yeah, that it's right. geared for a younger audience. It's. I think it's a really good sequel to Willow. What Willow was. In its own time. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely with that. And but it's you know we had Rings of Power, which is uh, just got better by the episode and and ended up being just absolutely outstanding and and received a lot of completely undue hate that people had <laughs> largely decided yeah. to hate before it came out. Uh, I haven't watched House of the Dragon, heard nothing but really good things. So you have these more serious high fantasy epics out there. And so I hope something like this does really well because there's a, a real place for this kind of fantasy storytelling as well. Absolutely. Um, it's, and, it's much more of a family fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do you guys feel that uh, in, you know, five or 10 years, uh, Willow will be part of the fantasy lexicon? Like uh, maybe not at the level of Lord of the Rings, but maybe some of the um, more, I don't know, commercially viable ones? I mean, it I hope so. It, if the story goes three or four seasons, if for some reason they say, ah, this didn't do good enough numbers to do anything else, and it's one or two seasons, and they just end it to end it, then I don't think so. Mm -hmm. If it goes four or five seasons, which I think it's enough for a lot of these type of shows, it mm -hmm. can be there. But I think, like we said before, it's a very different audience that Game of Thrones is going to have, I don't know how many sequels and prequels or whatever. I don't know how much, at least so far with two episodes, how much this can branch out afterwards to keep this story going. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But right now, if this is just one story that goes for three or four seasons, it can be there. Hey, let's go back and watch Willow. It depends if it might be able to branch out into more, more stories, TVs, maybe a movie, novels or whatever. It all depends. Yeah, sure. So based on what makes the best fantasy the best fantasy, looking at things like Lord of the Rings, it tells a great story that people relate to, but it's also the depth of the world that's created. And that's when Lord of the Rings and even Star Wars, I mean, it, it's its ultimately at its core of fantasy, at least the original trilogy is at its core of fantasy um, with a really in-depth world. Uh, I would put Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. There's a, there's a few others up there, but as far as really great fantasy TV series, I mean, the most successful fantasy TV series of all time, excluding kind of the new Star Wars stuff that's starting to come out, which don't always fit into the fantasy category as much as the original trilogy. Um, you know, when you look at most popular fantasy series of all time, you're looking at things like 
the legendary journeys of Hercules, Xena Warrior mm -hmm. Princess, things like that. This could easily be a top 10 fantasy television series when it's all said and done, easily. Wait, wasn't Xena on CW? I have no <laughs> idea what that was on. That's um, before CW. Yeah. UPN? No. <laughs> I well, I used to watch it on the Sci-Fi Channel, so I don't know. Back when Sci-Fi <laughs> Channel actually sh showed that sort of stuff, um, but I think for me, what it's going to really take to elevate it in the fantasy lexicon is more detailed storytelling and a coherent mm -hmm. world. Yeah, like a fully a fully fleshed out world. Yeah, and whether yeah. that's done through the series or or books, I would actually like to see that done through some books. Mm -hmm. Sure. But that's what that's what modern fantasy um, audiences expect. They sure. expect because, a coherent because, world. Right. Because Lord of the Rings is the standard and there's really not much of a chance of that ever changing. <laughs> and because that is the standard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you've got to flesh your world out. Sure. Yeah. You and your mm -hmm. you and your books, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I knew you were the right guy to ask that question. So thank you very much for that. Excellent. All right, let's wrap up. Thank you guys for joining us here on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Um, Alberto, where can folks find you to uh, check out your show? And I mentioned earlier you go on on Saturdays, but tell the folks, tell the lovely folks in our chat how people can find you. Yeah, I'll do like what like my co-host Oti does. You can see right there, right down there at Radio Rebel Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and even Hive, even though I don't use it that much anymore. But you can find us there again, Twitter and Instagram. And we go live every Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern, mostly Star Wars talk. We did add a new segment at the end to talk about other things in this big world of fandom that we all love that is in Star Wars. Uh, we took a break this week. We're taking, we'll be back next Saturday at 6 p.m. with our trivia finale. And then we're gonna take a, about a month long break during the holidays. And then we'll back. Thank you, Lonely Girl. Those are our day three. You can find everything there. We'll take a break during the holidays. We'll be back then on on January. Probably mid-January will be our third season going live, or third year, I should say. And then our episodes go on podcast on Mondays. So live Saturdays on YouTube, Radio Rebellion podcast on YouTube, and then live on Saturday on Mondays if you want to just listen to them. And thanks all for being here. I know it's been a while, but all just so you can throw my picture of my my own meme that exactly you took and you post exactly. it every time you can. So if you do not follow Radio Rebel Podcast, um, you get one of these. Uh oh. Absolutely. <laughs> go follow. Go follow. Andrew and Marisha, the first family of the Red Five mm -hmm. Network. Where can folks find you? Let you give um, your stuff real quick. You can find me on Instagram. I'm princesses underscore and underscore Padawans. And, uh, you know, every month or so I'm P Padawans on Twitter. Occasionally I have something to say that isn't appropriate for Facebook. So that's what my Twitter account is for. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All Very right. Nice. So you can find me running the Twitter account for this show at Sci, for our show, Sci underscore Fictionary on Twitter. You can find us at the Science Fictionary dot com where you can find links to all of our shows both podcasts science fictionary and coruscant radio underground uh you can find both shows under our youtube channel at the science fictionary um you can let's see what else that's, that, I think. 
I think that we usually I think the spiel was the whole red five. Thing, yeah, but, but Rose can do that. Show, so Rose can do that. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Thank you guys. Um, we, uh, yeah, absolutely. We love talking geek stuff and, uh, I want to thank our wonderful panel of, uh, guests and, uh, as well as the folks in the chat, you guys uh, are always great over there. Uh, sometimes, uh, they got their own show going in the chat, but, uh, <laughs> Big thanks to everybody. I want to encourage everybody to uh, to listen to all of our shows. But um, me personally, uh, Brad, Shanti, and I are trying to uh, see if we can get to 35,000 downloads on our podcast um, by the end of the year. We are almost there. So big thanks to everybody who listens to the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. We're going to drop this audio in our podcatchers as well on Tuesday. So if you're not a YouTube person, you don't want to see our lovely faces, you want to hear our voices, you'll be able to do that on mm -hmm. Tuesday. So check that out um, on um, our road to 35,000 downloads. Thank you so much for that. And then obviously our uh, regular drops are on Thursday. We just uh, released a uh, kind of a little tribute episode of uh, Batman the Animated Series and a tribute to Kevin Conroy, uh, a wonderful voice actor that we just recently lost. And uh, some more Quick Cuts episode. We got a lot of great uh, topics and friends that are coming on the show to chat with us. Um, chat and guests, thank you guys so much for joining us here on the Scare Scuttlebutt podcast. We are part of the Red 5 Network. Check out the rest of our shows uh, at no, bio.link slash red5 or red5network.com. Until then... Alberto, Andrew, Marisha, I am Ro, and that is the Scuttlebutt. Take care, everybody. <laughs>